Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. And I thank God for blessing me to be in the land of the living one more time. I thank Him for all that He has done for me. Ever since God called me back to come back to Climate Falls, it has been one surprise after another, and there has not been a dull moment since I got here. God has truly been good to me. I praise God for gathering us all together one more time, and truly, we are living in the last days and I, I praise God because this message is to show that the things that God said would happen in the last days are happening as we speak and it's not to scare us for we shall not fear God did not give us the spirit of fear but of love and of power and of sound mind we're not afraid of Jesus to return when your heart is right with God when you are ready for him to call you home you are anxious you are ready, you are happy for him to call you home to that place he prepared for you. The Bible says that Jesus went away to prepare us a place that where he is, there we may be also. There's another scripture that says, in my father's house are many mansions. There's a mansion waiting for you and I, but we gotta get there. And the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ. And these are the last times. We don't preach about the last times to scare us. We preach about the last times to make us aware so that we will be ready no matter when the Lord calls us because none of us are promised tomorrow. We're not promised the end of today. It is a blessing every hour that we live. But when Jesus does call us home, will we be ready to see his face in peace? We're going to be covering Jude. I'll read it, Jude 1 through 25. Haggai 1, 7 through 8, Genesis 9, 12 through 16, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9, and 2 Peter 3, 3 through 9. Let us pray. Let us all rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for your many blessings. Thank you for your mighty outstretched hand. Thank you, my Father, for the opportunity to come together and to worship with your people, my God. Thank you for the bread of life. My God, don't let me be up here and say anything that I'm not supposed to say, my God. But let me speak only what you want me to speak, that your children may be edified, that we will grow and let this seed fall upon good ground that we will bring forth a hundredfold in Jesus name we pray amen. amen you may be seated God has been so good to each and every one of us in the book of Jude chapter 1 verse 1 it says Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them 
that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. We're going to be stopping every now and then in this chapter. The, this message is not for people that don't believe in God. This message is not for people that want to be a part of the world. The Bible, this message is for the people that are sanctified. Sanctified means to be set apart. When your life is set apart for Christ, this is the people that Jude was talking to. The people that want to live a godly life. The people that have dedicated their lives to serve the living God. This message that Jude was writing is for them. He wasn't writing it to the unbelievers. He was writing it to the sanctified by call by God. To the ones whose lives are hid with Christ. We're going on to verse 2. It says, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Contend means to fight for. See, that back in the day they used to be in one accord. The saints would pray. Although the devil tried to split everybody up, the saints never were shaken. They beat some of the apostles. They crucified crucified some of them. They crucified Jesus. They stoned Stephen to death. They beat Paul. They stoned Paul. They did so many things, but yet they could not stop the truth. This day, the devil has tried to stop the truth so many times. People won't preach the truth. Pastors won't preach the truth. Nobody wants to talk about I won't say nobody. A lot of people don't want to talk about the truth because when you begin to speak the truth, your flesh has to be put under subjection. And you cannot do the desires of your flesh when the truth begins to be revealed. It will change you. And if you don't want to change you will push away the truth. People don't like to hear the truth because the Bible says their deeds are evil and they don't want them to be seen, so they rather stay in darkness. But if you love somebody, you will tell them the truth. See, Jesus loved you and I. He loved us so much that it didn't matter how we were beating him, how we were crucifying him, how we spit in his face. He didn't care about that. He told us the truth and such that followed him would be saved. He didn't care about the faces of people getting angry at him, wanting to kill him. They tried to kill him way more times than they would before they crucified him. He would just hide himself because it wasn't his time to die. He had still more people to preach to. And nowadays we want to call it love when we encounter somebody and instead of telling them the truth, we don't want to make them upset. So we say, it's okay, go ahead and do whatever you're doing. That is not love. Love is to tell somebody, you know what, this is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. Come on, we got to go and make it into heaven. If they hate you, you don't matter. You got to tell them the truth. That is love. God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. He didn't have to do that, but he did. The truth will make you free. I've talked to some people and they called me very harsh and rude and, and disrespectful and I, I didn't budge. And, and those same people have come to this church and said, you know what, thank you for telling me the truth and not giving up. Because the truth will make you free, not a lie. A lie will bound you, but the truth will make you free. Jude is telling us, we're going to go to verse 4. 
It says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Judah's talking about the end times. And today we can see that they are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. That word lasciviousness means that they pre people present to be mean. Have you ever talked to somebody about the goodness of God or try to tell them something about the truth and they right away get so upset and so defensive and they appear to be mean because they don't want to hear the truth. They want to keep it covered because when you speak the truth, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus passed by you and that light shines, you begin to see everything that's not supposed to be there. And if you don't want to change, you'd rather stay away from the truth. But let me tell you something. Go to the truth. Let God begin to clean you out. Let him begin to tell you what to get rid of. Let him begin to tell you what to hold on to because at the end of the day, when when you stand before God, it's going to be just you and him. You can't blame your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your wife, your husband, your children. You can't blame anybody but yourself. So when you stand before God, he's not going to ask you, why didn't you? I don't think. Because you already know when you're standing up there naked and on the left hand side, he doesn't need to ask you. You already know you didn't make it. But when you're standing on his right hand, clothed in a robe of righteousness, you know the next thing you're going to hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. It doesn't matter what we suffer down here. It matters if we hold on to God's unchanging hand so that we can inherit the kingdom of God with him. The word lasciviousness means, and Lord shut the children's ears if they're not supposed to hear, but the word lasciviousness means to throw off all sexual restraint. There is no boundaries, there's a lewd character or behavior. And in this day and age, there is no boundaries when it comes to that. It could be man with man, women with women, bestiality, it doesn't even matter. There is no restraint, there's no restrictions. They are okaying everything this day and age. There's no boundaries anymore. And God said they're going to change the grace of God into lasciviousness, which means they're going to change everything that God had and try to make it all about anything that is ungodly. Look at what they did. We're going to read a little bit of Genesis 9, 12 through 16. And God said, this is the token of the covenant, which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow on the cloud, and it shall be for a token, covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and everything and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood. And to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature, and of all flesh that is upon the earth. God made us a great promise when, when Noah got out of the ark, and he sacrificed unto God of every clean beast. And God smelled that sweet savor, and God said, you know what, I'm not gonna do what I just did. I'm not gonna kill everybody. He loves his creation. 
and he made us a promise and he said you know what this is the token of the promise and, and, and he made a rainbow and he put it in the sky in the clouds that whenever it rains he will remember the promise that he made us and what did they take the grace of God and do with the rainbow now you look up at the rainbow I don't but a lot of people change the thought of why the rainbow is there they're changing the grace of God into lasciviousness, which things ought not to be. We know now that it is really close to the end times. And if you're not ready, you will burn with the rest. God is not sending his son back to say, okay, here's another chance. The Bible says that when Jesus comes back, he's coming back for vengeance. To get revenge on everybody that hated God. He's not coming back for forgiveness. So today is the time that we need to repent. And the day, today is the time that we need to just hold on to Jesus. And don't be caught slipping. And when he calls your name, you will be ready. We know that it's the last time. We're going to 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists the steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know, the devil is seeking whom he may devour. He is walking up and down. He's looking for the opportunity. He wants to kill you. And Jesus is giving us all a chance because he does not want us. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish. God doesn't want to see us perish. He wants to see us have eternal life. He wants to see us. And let me tell you so another thing that they're doing. The Bible says that God resists the pride and gives grace to the humble. And what do they call the mother? now a pride month they want to walk around in pride and god resists the pride he they're pushing away god we need to pull god back we need god in our lives and if he hates something don't do it because when he resists the word resist means to push away ignore or to fight against and when god fights against you you're not going to win you could use, I don't care what kind of word you want to use, but if God says, I don't like it, that's the only thing that matters is God don't like it. These are the end times. These are the times that we need to get it together and run for Christ. We're going to Haggai 1, 7 through 8. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You know, we need to go up to the mountain. To go up to the mountain means to rise above this earth, to rise above the fleshy desires, to rise above all of these temptations of this world. We need to rise above it and go to the mountains and get wood. Where did they get the pattern? In the mountain, the pattern to build the tabernacle. They got it in the mountain. God gave it to Moses. We need to go to the mountain. We need to rise above all of this temptation, all of this hatred, all of this bitterness, all of this fornication. We need to rise above it and we need to go to the mountain and we need to get Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith and we need to begin to build this temple which you are. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the place that God wants to live and dwell. 
You are the place that God wants to be with. He wants to call you his friend. He wants to live with you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to be a father to you. He wants to be your protection. And all we're doing is pushing him away. Saints, this should not be. We need to hold on to God. We need to go up to the mountain. We need to bring wood. We need to repair the breaches. If we have bitterness, get rid of it. If we have a grudge, let it go. No matter what it is against God, we need to begin to get rid of it. To go up to the mountain, to bring wood, to build the house of God. And he said, I will take pleasure in it. When you begin to clean out your temple for the living God, he said, I will take pleasure in it. And when God is happy, everything goes good with you. When God is well pleased with you, everything goes good with you. People might hate you. And the Bible said, you'll be hated of all men. Go ahead and tell somebody the truth. See how many people hate you. But when God is happy, that's all that matters. Because when you stand before God and, he, and you say, I told him the truth and everybody hated me, he doesn't care if people hate you. You did what you were supposed to do and you won't even remember these days down here. You'll be up there so happy and all this joy and you don't even get hungry, but there's so much food you could just eat and you don't even get full and Jesus is the one that cooked it. So he knows all of our taste buds. We will have nothing but a good time so good. He said you won't even remember the days on the earth of how good it is that God has prepared for you and I if we stay with him. Don't get caught up in the world. Don't get caught up in all of this. We're going to skip down to verse 17. It says, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last times who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. The word mockers means pronounce a foreign language to interpret. You know, people will act like they're speaking in an unknown tongue and then they will act like, well, the Lord told me to tell you this. And they will act like God has been talking to them and they're walking in all a disagreement with God. But the Bible says, try the spirit, whether it be of God. Just because you hear somebody speaking an unknown tongue, don't right away say that that's the Holy Ghost. Try the spirit. Spirit. Just because somebody says, well, the Lord told me this. Don't, don't just buy all that. Try the spirit. Because if you are a child of God, he said, my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. And in the last days, it's going to get more and more and more. And you will hear it more and more and more. God said this, and God told me that, and God said this, and God wants me to do this. And you'll hear it more and more and more and more. And none of it came from God. They're just mocking. They're going to be mockers in the last days. They rejoice. You can see people dance and shout. And you know good and well that they're not living for God. I've been to some churches and I've had, sir, seen the pastor say, you know what, just sit down. Just stop and sit down. And then you could see people dance and you get excited because when it's the Holy Ghost making somebody dance, you can't contain it. It's in the whole church and people will feel the presence of God and you will know that that person is rejoicing in the Lord. But when you go to church and you see somebody rejoicing and rejoicing and you look at them like, really? That's because that wasn't from God. They are just mocking. That's all that they are doing. And that, the Bible says in the last days, there will be mockers. 
We need to be aware of these, not to be afraid, but to be aware of these things. There will be false teachers telling you you're going the wrong way. You need to stop teaching what you're teaching. You're preaching wrong. You need to teach something else. There will be a lot of false teachers. We need to be aware of these because the people that do know their God will hold on. And you will be able to try the spirit, whether it be of God or not. And you won't fall for all of this. You will be able to move on. Verse 19. These be they who separate themselves, central, having not the spirit. Central means a person who yields to everything of the human reasoning without thinking that they need God. There's so many people that they will just go with the flow. If the world is doing it, just go with the flow. We're not supposed to go with the flow. We're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be making a difference in this world. We're not supposed to just go with the flow. We're supposed to go with the flow of the Holy Ghost, but not the flow of the world. Those are people that just whatever the flesh likes, do it. It doesn't matter what it is. If the flesh likes it, just do it. Making the word of God of none effect. We're going to go on to verse 20. It says, but ye be loved. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Build up your most holy faith. Now, there's two different faiths. There's a holy faith and there is a witchcraft faith. You can have faith in the wrong thing. You can have faith in your job, your money, uh, things of the world, faith in a stone that you made up or somebody carved out and statutes and money and people. You can put your faith in all of that. He's not saying build up your faith in that because the Egyptians, they had faith. And they did almost everything Moses did. Moses threw down his rod and it became a serpent. And the children of Egypt, they did the same thing. But theirs got swallowed up because the devil's power is limited. But God's power is unlimited. Moses turned the water into blood and the Egyptians did the same thing. Moses brought up frogs and the Egyptians did too. But you know the bad part about it is they couldn't take it away. They could only make bad matters worse. They couldn't make anything good because there's nothing good in the devil. Nothing. So he can make a bad situation worse, but he can't make it good. But God can make it good. God can take the bad and make it good. He can right a wrong. He can erase all of your past. He can make it like you've never done anything and won't even remember what you did wrong. But the devil can't do that. So hold on to God. We know that we're living in the last days because all of this that is written in Jude is already happening. Verse 22. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others serve, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. It says that we are supposed to make a difference pulling people out of the fire. You know we are not here on accident. God didn't place us in this world on accident. Every one of us have a position that we can hold. 
every one of us is where God wants us to be. When you go to the military, when you go to the army, when you go to prison, no matter where you go, they assign people in certain areas for certain things. When you go to the army and you're in the army, they don't just let everybody go do something. They have people assigned in different spots since back in the day, even up until today. They have people to keep people contained. They have people to go and kill people. They have people to break through houses and go get people. They have different people for different operations. Not everybody can do one operation. Everybody is assigned. When the spiritual walk with God is the same thing, he has us all where he wants us to be. There's people that I can talk to that you can't talk to. And there's people that will listen to you and won't listen to me. There is people that you can get to repent that I can't get to repent. And there is people that you can give joy to that I can't. And there's people that I can that you can't. We all have a calling in our life. So when God places you in somebody's life, remember that the people you're talking to are not your people. Those are children of the Most High God. I don't care how bad they look. I don't care what kind of sin you might think they're doing. They are children of the Most High God. They belong to God. It doesn't matter what their past is like it matters who they belong to they belong to Jesus so we have a position when we talk to people we have an opportunity to lead them to Christ now if we have say that we love then let us love let us love like God loves we have a position to talk to somebody and bring them to Christ. Let us do it. Let us not go down there and say, oh, no, 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 no. Whatever makes you happy, it's okay. You can go burn in hell because you're sending God's creation to hell when he gave you the opportunity to talk to them. Bring them out of the fire, making a difference. If you know it's wrong, let the people know it is wrong. If you really love them, tell them the truth and let them come to God. Yeah, you'll be hated along with People who want to get rid of you. People who hate you. You'll be ridiculed. You'll probably be beat. Let alone they may even kill you. It's up to Jesus what he lets happen. But the point is, don't encourage somebody to burn. You say you love somebody, then help them. Bring them out of the fire. Tell them the truth. Don't encourage them. It's okay. No, it's not. Okay. That's a lot of blood required on our hands if God has placed us in somebody's lives and we choose not to tell them the truth. If I was up here, look at all this blood that would be required on my hands. If I chose not to tell you the truth, just to make your flesh happy, oh, you're doing just fine. No, we're not. But when we know the truth, then we are doing just fine because the truth will make you free. So I encourage all of you, don't say you love somebody and push them to hell because that's not love in the sight of God. If you really love those people, tell them the truth. If they hate you, who cares? Tell them the truth. Because you have no idea how much of an effect it'll have on somebody if you just told them, you know what, that's not the way to go. Let's go to heaven. Let's do things God's way so we can rejoice in heaven. We don't want to burn throughout eternity. That's a place you can't get out of. Once you go there, there is no second chance. There is no redoing it. So if we love somebody, tell them the truth. Speak to them the truth. We got to act like Jesus. We have to live like Jesus. And when Jesus was here, he didn't care what they said. He told the truth. People hated him. They mocked him. They tried to entangle him in his words. And he still said the truth. When they were stoning Stephen, because he told them the truth. And when they were stoning him, he still said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's love. That is real love.
If you see your son or your daughter playing on South 6th Street in the middle of a busy day, and you tell them you can't play in the street, you're going to get hit. Ah, oh, but we, this is what we want to do. When they start kicking and screaming, are you going to say, okay, go ahead? Or are you going to let them go play in the street because that's what they wanted to do? No. Because you love your child, you're going to say, you can kick and scream if you want to. I'm not letting you play in the street, you'll take me late. Like when I used to get weapons, you'll take me late. I did after I got old, but I sure did when I was young. But the same way God does. We kick and scream and fight against God, but because he loves us, he doesn't let us do certain things because he loves us. And the same way we have to love each other. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That does not mean let me do whatever I want. That means tell me the truth. Help me. Pray for me. And then God says, you know what? They have love. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open up the altar. If anybody needs prayer, just come up. God has been amazing. I thank God for the snow. I thank Him for everything that He's done for us. Thank you, Lord, for working us up this morning in our right mind. Thank you, my Father, for your mighty help in hand. Thank you, O Lord God, for everything that you have done for us, my God. Thank you for this opportunity, my Father. Thank you, oh Lord God, for the bread of life, my God. Thank you, oh Lord God, for all that you would give us, my God. Lord, we ask that you would come by here, my God. Lord, every heart that needs your help, my God, to go and help them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, and I praise you through the power of your 
right in front, just hold it close. Oh my God, you will continue to yes. heal him, yes. guide him, Jesus get stronger, yes. get stronger. Yes. As yes. the days go by, my God, Jesus. let everything be done. Yes. We'll be for your honor yes. and for your glory.
listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you and may he forever keep you in 